Bitcoin is dead again. But it didn't die as many times in 2020 as it has in past years. In fact, it's now measured as the world's sixth largest currency. Not too shabby for being dead. Did Peter Schiff capitulate and buy Bitcoin? Is Starbucks deploying a blockchain network? Will a quantum computer reward you with thousands of Bitcoins? Has the format of the show changed to only asking questions? And what about Naomi? There's a lot of news to cover this week, and we might even have some answers. So buckle into the Bitcoin roller coaster, put your hands in the air, and screech like you're both terrified and having fun at the same time. And join us for our Bad News, episode number 443 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Wait, what? what? What about Naomi? I don't know. We don't know what's going to happen to her. You have to tune in next week to Days of Our Lives to find out. That was a cliffhanger. It was, you started off with a cliffhanger. That's like a cliff beginner. Do you think somewhere in the world there's some dude named Clifford Hanger? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, people name their kids all kinds of crazy stuff. Somewhere there's got to be a cliffhanger. I almost named my kid Al. He could have been Al Wright. Yeah. Well, your your uh, your actual birth name was Bishore, right? It's true. So Al Bishore was a um, an '80s hip hop artist. Yeah, I'll be sure. Yeah, I'll be sure. Welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast. The Joel Com here, the Travis Wright there. I don't know why I put the in front of our names, but there, we can just say T Joel Com and T Travis Wright. I changed my Twitter handle to real Travis Wright, so it's huge. Everybody knows who I am. We got a lot of great news for you this week. Interesting stuff happening in the crypto world. First, want to give a shout out to those of you who have emailed us this week at badcryptopodcast at gmail.com and forwarded us proof of your new eToro account. We will verify those accounts with eToro. And in about two, sometimes three weeks, depends how quickly they get back to us, we will be rewarding you with $50 in bitcoin it's a no-brainer go to badco.in forward slash etoro if you're a u.s resident find out how you too can get fifty dollars in bitcoin from me and he very nice and uh speaking of you say youtube and youtube no youtube 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 is a great band but uh youtube is is in my book one of the most overrated bands you don't like them much they I, were a great what? band they had moments they had a couple of really great albums yeah they had they had a couple great moments but i feel like i i remember when they came on the scene i was a dj at the university of illinois you know and and i was in college and you two came on and they were the thing and everybody was going nuts and i listened to it and i'm like eh eh yeah. I like I like I like their earlier albums. I actually I like the one that had uh, "It's a Beautiful Day, Let It Get Away." I think that was yeah. like the best last song. I will add that to the uh, playlist. That's right good. I was right. Hey, anyway. there's, yeah, there's some great stuff going on this Friday, right? Uh, that's actually for those of you that are tuning into the show um, in time for it. If you're listening, oh, that's true. B- before. Um, 5 p.m. Eastern time, we are debuting something new in the NFT space that we're really excited about. 
Yes, it's the NSN. It is the Nifty Shopping Network where you can buy NFTs and chat with the artist who created them. We're doing a sort of a a new variation of the Nifty Show where we're bringing on artists. They're going to talk about their art and they're going to sell some unique originals live on the show. Yeah, we've talked about the nifty gateway in the past we've interviewed duncan and griffin cock foster on the show and um they're killing it with you know they're selling for fiat but the people are buying digital collectible artwork and it's on ethereum blockchain and we covered a story about one piece of original art that went for fifty five thousand five hundred fifty five dollars and fifty five sense um we're not going to be selling anything for that amount but we do have an original piece from veza uh who's an incredible digital and uh, also with physical artwork uh, artists we've got uh, kevin winger who is the most popular artist he sold more on wax as an original artist than anybody else he's created an original piece of art and we've got art by alex the the dude that made the super cool blockchain heroes badges that we gave out to members of our community he's creating an original piece of art it's not a blockchain heroes piece of art and we're going to have them on and you guys are going to have the opportunity to purchase these original limited pieces of art so join us at five o'clock on friday that's uh eastern time two o'clock pacific at nifty.show forward slash youtube or nifty.show forward slash theta if you want to support decentralized live video streaming and make sure you've got wax in your wallet otherwise you'll miss the opportunity yeah and there's a there's a great new feature on atomic that enables us to create these one of claim links and so that's what's going to be sweet about it we're going to tell you exactly where to go boom and if you're the first one to claim it and buy it it's yours and uh yeah we're doing something like a home shopping network type vibe and uh, i'm really excited about it I think it's gonna be fun and i think people will find a lot of value out in it and we're gonna be able to talk to a lot of really cool artists that are doing awesome digital things so i'm excited we're doing a lot of firsts mr travis right right there's a lot of because when you're when you're playing in this nft digital collectible space it's all new and so many of the things we're doing nobody's done before and um we're pretty excited about it in fact you know we've talked about during um the uh excuse me community meetings that my son zach has created the world's first tokenized podcast he looked at you know what was going on he's like what if i did a show and wrapped it into an nft and the only way that you could you could actually own that show by purchasing the nft from the marketplace very cool and i imagine that we might be the second one to do that eventually uh, at least take some we're talking about it taking some clips and some maybe some full episodes or with some really cool interviews or having some uh, special content that was did not make the episode uh you know, having those as special collectible nfts with audio so there's some, a lot of stuff that can be done and we are out there testing and exploring the boundaries and seeing what's possible and encouraging you all to do the same. If it's that's something that's interesting to you, everybody can play. This is a big space. Well, and it's one of those things where um, 
if you're not looking at it now and you're not going down this rabbit hole, you're going to be like, you know, in a year or two. I remember when those guys were talking about that. I wish I I wish I looked at that then. So don't wish, you know, one of the reasons you listen to us is because we're futurists here and we're on the cutting edge and we want to bring you all with us. So don't miss the opportunity. Join us on Friday, September 11th, 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 o'clock Pacific for the Nifty Show, where we will dedicate the entire show to the world's first Nifty shopping network. Nifty.show forward slash YouTube or Nifty.show forward slash Theta. We'll see you there and we'll see you right after this little bit of music that's going to take us into the news. And like I said, we're right here after the music because we do exactly as we promise. And if we go ahead and check a timestamp right now, it is 1239 p.m. Mountain Time on September the 10th, 2020. CoinGecko.com, the place we go to and trust for tracking all the cryptos. Market cap of all cryptos right now, 340 and a half billion bitcoin ten thousand two hundred seventy six dollars ethereum 362 tether 0.992999 to be specific xrp 24 cents chain link 1255 bitcoin cash 225 dollars polka dot 447 binance coin 2436 litecoin 4815 and rounding out the top 10 back in the top 10 is bitcoin sv at 163 dollars and 93 centavos i'm back in the top 10 again all right now i gotta add aerosmith to the playlist thank you about that i didn't mean that no that's good so uh, a new coin has popped into the top 99 coming in at 99 is elf a e l f this bad boy is up, well, 167% in the last 24 hours, up 115% overall the last seven days. And then Celsius Network's up 17%, all the way up to 46 cents. That is interesting because I mean that thing was that thing was like seven cents, I think. It was, it was down there for a while. Then this whole DeFi thing is taking off, and now that's starting to take off. Loopering up 11%, and that's really about the only three winners. There's very moderate amounts of, but everybody else underneath that is in the is in the red. Yeah, it was definitely a massive pullback week, and and kind of holding stable for Bitcoin once it got into the 10 to 10.4 range. It just kind of keeps yo-yoing back and forth. The biggest loser for the week, Sushi. So raw fish, not good, down 67%. DeFi money down 50%. Kusama down 45%. Band protocol, reserve rights token, Ren, Serum, Ampleforth, Nexus, Arweave, Polkadot, all in the down 30% plus range. Lots of red there. Uh, where's it all going to go next? I don't know. I'm not a financial advisor. You know what's crazy to me? This urine finance, this YFI token. It's doing like $400 million a day in volume. There are only 30,000 of these tokens. Max supply, 30,000. So it's the price of this thing is $30,000 and $30,126. And when you see the day, it's like $27,000 at a low. Oh, at the the high, it was at $31,800. Like that is so crazy to see. Such a big, and I think the thing's up three hundred and seventy five percent in the last thirty days. Yeah, the the whole DeFi area arena is is a little scary, very risky. Be really careful. Uh, don't don't chase money, gang. Uh, especially if you don't have it to lose. Do your own due diligence. And, and uh, what is that? 
on July 18th, it was at $31.65. Yeah, because it was brand new. And now it's $31, $31,000, man. 97,000% it's grown in two months. Is that all? Yeah, so it made some Here people. I hodling mine. It's shit coins, man. What the hell? Made some people very, very wealthy. And we've not seen the last of the DeFi craze. There's going to be other coins that come out of nowhere. And so if you guys know what they are, let us know. Write us at badcryptopodcast at gmail.com. I mean, I'll buy a coin for 37 bucks if it might go to 33,000. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, I think what's interesting about this is that we're seeing a lot of Ethereum-based decentralized finance projects. What about when they start popping up on other platforms? Like, I mean, there might already be some that I don't know about, but EOS will probably end up having some. Wax will probably have some, you know. There'll be other ones that are out there. Stellar might have some as well. So I think more of these other blockchains will start doing some DeFi as well. But what do we know? We're just the DeFi DoFi. We are the DeFi dimwits. We got upgraded after a conversation. Well, maybe you're a dimwit. I'm probably still a dipshit. (laughs) I'm the DeFi dipshit. I'm the DeFi dimwit. Our friends at Cointelegraph are the ones we go to for the latest news being the most widely read crypto publication in the world, at least in English. I don't know if there's any in other languages that are more widely read, but I wouldn't read those because I don't read other languages. And uh, the story is a few days old, but it's really relevant right now. Willie Wu, who's an on-chain analyst that we've referenced on the show. Willie Wu. Oh, Willie Wu who? Willie Willie Wu says that um, even though Bitcoin declined below 10,000 for three days in a row, that that's a short-term trend and the midterm bullishness is intact and, and they're expecting a, uh, a recovery. There's a lot of indicators that people are hodling. There's more active addresses. There's more network activity. Um, there's a lot of things that are happening that looks like it might not be the bottom, uh, but we've got now 550 let's see, 557,370 unique addresses being used. And so, and and the futures uh, CME gap is at 9,650. And that's going to close, I guess, does it close over the weekend? I think it closes this weekend. And so uh, they're expecting that after that happens, we will see more upwards action. Yeah, you know, because what happened? It hit hit right at twelve thousand, then almost immediately it went boop, dropped down, and then it did go below ten thousand for they said three days, and you know what? That's one of those things you're looking at, and you're like, all right, well, you know, crypto goes up, crypto goes down. If you've been in it now as long as we have, it's just almost like, oh, it's under ten. Okay, that's where it goes. What are you gonna do? And uh, you know, it is sad when you have like some of the other bags you're holding, and you're looking at those like. No, no, stop going down Bitcoin because now my other coins are going down too. And I I would like you to stop that. I'm so unfazed now after three and a half years of this, Trev, mm-hmm. the ups and downs. I like, I see, oh, it dropped Bitcoin, you know, dropped a thousand dollars. I'm like, oh, there it goes again. Yeah. Right. As long it, as it doesn't go down to like 3,000, I think then I'll freak out. Well, but we've been there. We experienced that. And we I freaked been- out and I'm <laughs> shitting myself. <laughs> I was like, you know, worse stuff has happened to me in my life, and it's only money. Uh, you know, I don't know where everybody else is at in their life. I'm not, I can't retire, 
but I've seen money come and go so many times. And I go, what would, how would my lifestyle actually change? What would I be doing if all of a sudden I was incredibly wealthy? Um, I wouldn't buy a big house. I've had a big house before. I now live in a two bedroom apartment. And I love it. I wouldn't buy a fancy car. I own a, a Mustang that's paid for now six years and I hardly drive it. I already get to travel when traveling was a thing. I don't need more gadgets. I'm like, mm -hmm. what would you, you know, you can, you can give more to you know, those that are in need. But um, if, if you're already covering your lifestyle, then a lot of extra money doesn't that's it's not really life changing. Like what would you do different? Me? Yeah. I'd, pr I'd probably have like a, a seven or eight woman harem. <laughs> um, so you'd pay for it. You, you'd basically get prostitutes. Is that what you're saying? No, they wouldn't. They would love me for my money. Oh, they <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a good thing. We love you for you, Travis. That's good. I would, I, I would become the next Hugh Hefner. I love seeing this. Peter Schiff did a tweet on September 7th. Of course, Peter Schiff is the gold bug who's been very much against Bitcoin. He did a poll on Twitter. He said, against my advice, my son, Spencer Schiff, just bought even more Bitcoin. Whose advice do you want to follow? A 57-year-old experienced investor business owner who's been an investment professional for over 30 years or an 18-year-old college freshman who's never even had a job? 82,906 votes, and he put the two um, choices were experienced professional and the kid. The kid got 81.3% of the vote. Right. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing, Mr. Spencer Schiff. I got to say congratulations to you. But here's the deal. Whenever Peter Schiff dies, Spencer Schiff's probably going to get some of that gold. Well, guess what? Peter Schiff doesn't have any Bitcoin, so... You know, why not hedge your bets? So this is funny. If you go to Peter's tweet, Peter McCormick then trolled him and he did a poll. Whose advice do you want to follow? A fetus, random picking monkey, Richard Hart's soul, or 57-year-old chef? And random picking monkey won with 60.9%. <laughs> Oh, that's beautiful. I'll put this in the show notes so you guys can see because this is hilarious. McCormick is uh, is a great troll. How far down did you have to go to see that? That's the first first response to. Oh, uh, I don't see it on there. Yeah, I see, I see some other people that I'm following. I, I, see, I do see Adam back. He said, LOL, the kid seems to be winning across the next 20 years. Just demographics will reallocate gold is better than Bitcoin. And uh, but I think gold is a useful hedge. Just late stage versus Bitcoin as digital gold still low on its adoption S curve. Pretty interesting stuff. You can see the link to the tweet, the story, and everything we're going to reference in this show in the show notes at badco.in forward slash 443. Badco, in case you're wondering what we're actually saying, B-A-D-C-O dot I-N. It spells badcoin. That's our short URL thingamajigger. And you could always put slash in an episode number after it. It'll take you directly to that show because we sell fancy. That is very fancy. Yeah. What do we got up next, Mr. Travis Wright? Well, I'm looking at now I'm down now I'm down a Peter McCormick rabbit hole over uh -oh. here. What do you see? Uh, I was just going down on some different stuff. He said some he had a, had a tweet about how he gets the best fan mail and somebody was telling him to eat a dick and stuff. It was pretty funny. <laughs> uh <laughs> so uh up in the news, here it is. No, a quantum computer won't instantly reward you with 69,000 bitcoins 
yet. So uh, latest quantum computer may not help you unlock lost Bitcoin, but eventually it most likely will. Now, we've had this conversation multiple times over uh, the last over the last three years about what happens when quantum computing happens. And there has been this Bitcoin wallet with 69,000 Bitcoins in it that has been passed around between hackers and crackers for the last two years for the sole purpose of trying to crack the password and no success so far. And uh, this Elon gal under the breach Twitter handle says, I have the wallet now, Google. Hook me up with a quantum computer, please. And uh, we'll see if that quantum computer can hack because, you know, with that 256 hash rate, I mean, it is nearly impossible. 256 SHA to, I mean, there's a great video by one brown, three blue, or three brown, one blue. There's a, that's, a, that's a user named the channel on YouTube where it talks about 256 SHA and how huge it is and how nearly impossible that it is to hack with current computing. Now, with quantum computing someday, they might be able to uh, just because of the nature of quantum computing. You're actually processing multiple versions of the computer at the same time uh, up on top of one another. So you could literally just, you know, max it out and create just a whole bunch, just unlimited computing power. But you can't do that with current computing power. But with quantum computing, eventually you might be able to. That's interesting. Maybe they can help me. No, they couldn't even help me find my 55 because I don't even know that I even had the address anywhere. So it's just lost somewhere. Somewhere in the, the dump. Yeah. Somewhere in the Missouri dump. Uh, a great piece here for you guys to read and check this out. Uh, it would be interesting to see what quantum computing does as um, affecting this. We're going to talk a little bit about how Bitcoin is dead, but as of right now, it's the sixth largest world currency in terms of market cap. It has a money supply worth more than 170 different fiat currencies this is on decrypt.co here are the ones the world currencies with a larger money supply than bitcoin the us dollar the euro the chinese uh, what do you call it what the cny the yuan the yuan the japanese yen and the inr is that indian currency that's the indian one yes yeah, so wow so russia has uh, a a smaller one wow that's it. That, that's really interesting. And, you know, if you were watching the mainstream media all the time or hearing the news, Russia is the biggest threat to the world, apparently. But look, their currency isn't worth jack. And um, so Bitcoin basically uh, being the sixth largest world currency. Think about that. How many different countries out there that, that Bitcoin is larger than? It, it could be its own Bitcoinistan or something or Bitcoin India. Bitcoinistan. I like that. Uh, so Bitcoin is here to stay. Travis, while on Decrypt, I got to go down this rabbit hole because I see a story here as a follow up. You know, we talked about um, somebody trying to hack, get that 69,000 Bitcoin and hack it using quantum computing. Here's a story that the IRS is offering $625,000 to somebody that can break the Monero network's privacy. So they're they're taking applications from people that are saying, um, you know, hey, we can we can crack Monero. They're going to pay out six hundred twenty five thousand dollars in two phases hmm. to those who manage 
to do so because of course Monero is untraceable. It's a privacy coin and the IRS is saying we got to get to the bottom of this because we can't have people moving money around without us knowing. <laughs> well, that's just Monero is, you know, the big one now, but I mean there's, there's it's not like there aren't other ones and so if Monero gets hacked, they're just basically going to be you know going after other ones i mean there's a bunch there's a bunch of monero's one obviously uh z coin is another one bitcoin grin Mimblewimble, those are privacy based they go at super zero dash those are both have some privacy zcash is one wasn't there another one like verge or something like that as as another privacy coin komodo i think is one too yes yeah, so there's a lot of them and so what's going to happen is if they do hack monero people will just go okay irs i'm going over to this one right and so then, under the terms private contractors and individuals are invited to submit a working prototype of how they intend to crack monero these could range from a system that provides identifying information of a monero wallet user to the exact time date and amount for a specific transaction on the network to even more sophisticated tools that can statistically predict when a certain address is likely to make a transaction so if you want to apply you have until september 16th to propose how you intend to uh, to crack Monero. Don't crack Monero. I don't think it's likely that anybody's going to succeed with it. Uh, mm -hmm. I, really, I really don't, but what do I know? Wishful thinking. I'm just it just shows how centralized powers want to centralize and control, right? right. It's like they, they, they just can't stand something not being within their control. Oh, they can't track it? Um, you can't have sovereign privacy and control your own financial, you know, wealth. Wow. Without the IRS breathing down you and knowing every little thing. See, that's, that is why centralized and the centralizers are, are going to be defunct eventually. I think it's like, it's either, it's either they're going to take over completely and we're going to be in this crazy authoritarian dystopia where we're like China and we can't do anything. And if we say the wrong thing, they're going to, lower our social credit score so we can't get on airplanes like they do in China um, and block things, information they don't want you to see on certain social media and search engines. That's already happening. Um, and so it's like we really got to fight back in a lot of ways to, de to, to decentralize as many things as possible because I really think it's the only way to have true freedom coming forth with all this technology in the hands of the centralizers and they love power. They love control. They love to squeeze as much power and control as much as they can. And it always seems to hurt the little guy. And so it's nice to have some decentralized solutions to help the little guy. Some would say the centralizers are blockchain villains. Some would say that. Some would say that. Some might say. Speaking of centralizers, MasterCard is in the news again as they release a platform to enable central banks to test digital currencies let's figure out how this stuff can work in real life so their virtual testing environment simulates issuance distribution and exchange of central bank digital currencies between banks and financial service providers as well as end consumers purchasing everyday goods and services mm-hmm yeah, so it's remember Microsoft was one of the, uh, or excuse me, Mastercard was one of the founding members of uh, Facebook's Libra Association, and uh, that w maybe was a catalyst for them to getting central banks to start looking at digital currencies seriously. Now Facebook, they came out and they went to the whole, they went to uh, <clears throat> Congress and Congress asked them a bunch of questions about it, and then 
they ended up not doing or they're not doing what they were going to do, but they're still doing something, but we still don't know what they're doing. It's not been released yet. Um, but it just showed central banks that, wow, we probably better get on this, this uh, digital currency thing um, before the Moneros take it all. <coughs> Excuse me. Good, sir. I, I hit the cough button and then proceeded to cough after I uncoughed the cough button. So the cough got in there. That's great. Cough, cough. Uh, what's happening here with the stock to flow model? There's there's a guy named Plan B, and he is the guy behind the stock to flow Bitcoin value charts. He says it's about to get very interesting. Yeah. So Plan B, I think he's he's on one of the he's a uh, well he's he's on Twitter, but I think he was also on. Um, Oh, there's another big trading platform, TradingView. I think and he comes out there and he does certain things on TradingView. But he's been mapping the stock to flow, the S2F model, and has tracked Bitcoin activity in line with having events and finding rising prices following other various different events and the Bitcoin's inflation and the, the mining rates and all this other stuff. And the, his model, I don't fully understand his model, but his model predicts that Bitcoin will hit near $288,000 per coin by the time the next having arrives. And what he's saying is, is that we're four months after the having right now, and we're about to see some really big things. We're about to, we're, we're, we are now seeing pull from clients, from people that go to Fidelity and they ask for Bitcoin in their pension fund. There's a lot of stuff going on. So he's predicting that um, the ish might be hitting the fan in a good way. All right. I guess we'll we'll wait and see what happens. This uh, not a blockchain publication. Restauranttechnologynews.com has a story here. I think this is the first time we've ever referenced this publication on the show. The headline is Starbucks deployment of a blockchain network may show restaurants the way to future revenue growth. And so they're they're using blockchain exactly how. Hmm. Well, I mean, not not just not just for coffee, but think of every ingredient or item on display whose price could be enhanced through more granular traceability. So not just for payments, but for, you know, utilizing blockchain, supply chain and, you know, stock of things that are in restaurants and, you know, things that you maybe because you, know, you remember your blockchain is a database. Mm -hmm. and you can put a lot of interesting stuff on a database and think about all the things that a, a restaurant might need. Um, to run effectively and not just the fact that, you know, you can pay with Bitcoin and then, you know, convert that Bitcoin into fiat currency immediately or keep it as Bitcoin or keep it as a cryptocurrency. Um, it's it's uh, definitely interesting and there's a lot of ways. So, you know, if you think about it in the, in the coffee bean traceability and product transparency, like, you know, these beans came from Colombia. Oh, wait, those are that's cocaine. Uh, don't take those beans. That coffee is really gonna make you go. <laughs> really gonna make you go. get up in the morning, have some cocaine coffee. Uh, we got the wrong beans, but um, yeah. So to be able to trace exactly where your coffee came from, that's gonna be really good for people who are like environmentalists and they want to know every little thing. And you know, some of the social justice warriors out there to ensure that they're from from seed to cup. They know everything about it. So that'll be fun for some of those folks. But I think overall, it's going to make uh, businesses more profitable and be able to manage their inventory more effectively. 
Traceability is a strong contender to be the local for the new decade because it deepens the trust that guests will have with your products and allows you, the purveyor, to source from niche producers around the world while also limiting the unethical interloping of middlemen. Nobody wants unethical interloping of middlemen. That's just... That's that's not cool beans, as you would say. So blockchain adds this layer of security and authenticity. And, you know, they're using it for beans. Think of all everything that restaurants source and, you know, guaranteeing. Uh, for example, the questions in this article are really good. Do you believe that showing the exact cow pasture where a steak came from will you allow will allow you to charge more for that piece of meat? How about chocolate, where cocoa is mostly produced in West Africa, and yet those countries have largely failed to develop a homegrown direct-to-consumer industry because of too much exploitation by nefarious wholesalers? So uh, going to be really interesting to see how well blockchain is implemented here and uh this is written by the world's most published writer in hospitality larry mogolonski and there's a picture of him on the page and i just want to say the dude's got the biggest nose i've ever seen that is a honker <laughs> but the thing about that though it's like you could go to the uh, to the field to the pasture where your steak was and then tell tell the cow's brothers and sisters how delicious his brother was Right, you you can. Have I hope you're just as delicious. You can have a tourist industry around that. Like, oh, I'm going to go to the pasture where my steak came from. Oh, this man. now we're standing on the hollowed ground where that delicious Kobe oh, beef was topified. I just like to call cows like name like you know sirloin. Hey sirloin, and it's like hamburger. Here he comes. What's up, hamburger? Like they don't know, but if you say it in a friendly way, they think you're being nice. So Filet Tim Draper, I'll get over here, filet mignon. Okay, cool beans. Uh, Tim Draper, oh, see what I did there? Cool beans, move. Hot beans. Uh, Tim Draper apparently had a tweet on September sixth that said, "I recently purchased some BCH, and I don't think that means blockchain heroes. So easy to buy, use. Go to Bitcoin.com. Thank you, Roger Ver underscore Cash for this innovation. Um, obviously, his account had been compromised. There was a hacker." that um that got onto tim draper's verified account and tim deleted the tweet as soon as he became aware of it i don't know that he is a bitcoin cash fan <laughs> that's funny to me is that is that roger ver's twitter handle roger no, ver underscore cash no i don't think so i think it's just roger ver is his i don't know for sure you guys can do the research, but make sure you've got your social profiles locked down. Everything you do, whether it's Facebook or Twitter, um, should be using 2FA for everything. You cannot log into my Facebook or my Twitter without having a 2FA account. And you can't port my SIM card because it's unportable. Importable. We're going to tell you more about that. We're waiting to uh, to have somebody on the show that's going to tell you how to have a cell phone carrier that is completely unportable, that cannot be SIM swapped. And that's what I have right now. Travis, did you do yours yet? Well, I have multiple family members on mine. And so he did. we chatted about that. And then he was like, okay, well, let's figure out how to do that. And then never heard back. I want to actually, this is a really interesting piece that I saw down there on the bottom of that article. Mm -hmm. It says by Julie Magas, M-A-G-A-S, um, says that the number of women in crypto and blockchain has been skyrocketing in 2020. 
like 160% surge in the number of women involved in the crypto markets this year. That's nice. We love to have more of those crypto checks. You know, women bring different element to the space, to to life, to the world. I mean, can you imagine mm-hmm. a world without women? Well, Are- it would be nearly impossible unless uh, genetic males could start popping out babies, which is not possible yet. But it is 2020. <laughs> That's right. Anything can can happen uh, this year still. Uh, this story here got my attention because apparently there's a guy that's known as the Bitcoin Pope. Uh, he uh, what's his what's his name here? Uh, he goes by Kumar Babu Bondesi, uh, and there's another guy named Darwin Eric Belusic, but Belusic is known as the Bitcoin Pope. How does one become the Pope of Bitcoin? I don't know. I was just I was just thinking about that. I was like, man, like like Bitcoin Jesus has already been taken. Right. Um, you know, that's that right this. Yeah. There's that is well, we, we kinda the, the prophet's kind of Bitcoin Moses. Who's on, who's on, Bitcoin Buddha? Yeah, you know what? Maybe I could be that because I have a belly. <laughs> Run yeah. Travis's belly and get some wisdom yeah. dispensed. <laughs> and maybe an M M&M M or two. Yeah, I don't know. It's like, how do you become like a Bitcoin deity? It's pretty, pretty, you just know. like self proclaimed. You know, this Bitcoin pirate that was already taken by the dread pirate Robbins. And like, you know, I don't know. I don't know. How do you, how do you get a great name like that? Cause I'm just, I'm just Mr. Travis Wright and you're just, Mr. I don't know. Wright. Maybe by getting in trouble because these guys have had emergency cease and desist orders by the Texas Security Commission for two alleged crypto scam schemes known as Forex Birds and Peck universe and uh, these guys are facing a ten thousand dollar fine or two to ten or a a ten thousand dollar fine or two no one ten thousand dollar fine or two to ten years in prison or both and so their websites are still active but the regulators are saying "Mm -mm, this is scam wow so why you call yourself the pope don't be like that that's rude to be like, I am the Bitcoin Pope. Follow me. I'm the Bitcoin David Koresh. <laughs> you know, in the past, we've told about YouTube shutting off crypto streamers. And yeah. another one, a crypto YouTuber by the name of Sonny Decree, saw his live stream cut short by YouTube with the platform stating the video had violated its harmful and dangerous policy so harmful so dangerous it was a live stream called bitcoin dump or dip cme gap bitcoin dominance altcoin stocks and gold was removed because it violates our harmful and dangerous policy youtube you guys suck you're just if you work for youtube you work for a sucky company i'm just gonna say that you know i think that um i think that the the ceo should have been fired long ago Except I believe she was one of the original people who helped uh, Larry and Sergey get going. Mm. And so she's sort of immune. But I mean, the platform has just degraded into this pay to play and, you know, this sort of biased stuff is the bias with it and propaganda within 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 YouTube is just crazy because, you know, a lot of these influencers like PewDiePie and Mr. Beast and some of these other guys, Ninja, like. They have like they have like 10, 20, 30, 50 X more subscribers than CNN and Fox and right. all those other ones. It's 
it's it, it's scary how much that some of these influencers have an influence and i think that really freaks out the mainstream media and so if you go and like type in like any type of political term you're always getting cnn popping up first and msnbc and abc uh, and and it's it's you can see how they bend their bias and it's unfortunate because you know the internet whenever it came out in my opinion was it was it was like you know it was like it was a brand new world and you could find any information you wanted now you're getting to the point where certain information is it, it violates our policies on free speech and you can't say these things about crypto like they banned us for a year and a half and we didn't even do anything. We, we weren't giving away crypto. We weren't pumping and dumping anything. We were just doing our regular show. And, you know, I think that YouTube has lost their way. Google's lost their way. Facebook's lost their way. Twitter's lost their way. Reddit's lost their way. There needs to be, you know, uh, alternative, alternative decentralized solutions popping up. And there are. And so that's the one shining light on all of this. Right. This isn't the first time YouTube has done this. And um, the channel, you know, YouTube later said that the move to uh, take Decree's channel off was an error and restored many of the videos. I just want to know who's the idiot. Like some, whoever you are, stand up and say, I'm the bozo that declared that this was a violation of YouTube's terms of service. And, you know, we still use YouTube for our channel, but we have alternatives. You know, we are also streaming live on Theta TV, and we would rather you go there to watch the Nifty show each week. Nifty.show forward slash Theta. Go there before you go to YouTube. Support decentralized live streaming. And every time we post a video on YouTube, it gets pulled into library. So if you go to library.com, LBRY.com, and search for bad crypto, you'll find. So if they were to pull us down, we lose nothing except the uh the the viewer count that we have on youtube and i think the measly 150 bucks a month we make from ads right and we probably make more than that except they i they uh erroneously tag our intro music as claimed by someone else <laughs> which is we we got it off of a, a, a this the site we got it off of that 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 whole thing was copyright free and so we could use it fair use anywhere and um, I don't know. So there's a lot of crazy stuff going on with YouTube. You know what? I think if we had never got banned by YouTube, we'd probably have 10, 20 X subscribers on there because we were really getting rolling. Yeah, but then they could still pull you at any time. More news from Cointelegraph that really is exciting, Mr. Travis Wright. Our, our good friend at Cointelegraph, who was the editor-in-chief, Jay Cassano, has been promoted to the chief executive officer at Cointelegraph. He is now going to be leading the way as the CEO. And John Rice, who has been the managing editor, is going to be the new editor-in-chief. So yeah. congratulations to uh, to Jay, to John. Uh, Christina Lucrezia Corner remains managing editor. Um, we, we love the, our partnership with you guys. We're excited for the future and we have some ideas for you. So I actually heard from Jay and we hope to speak with him soon because there's some cool things we want to help Cointelegraph do. Yeah. And you know what? We've worked with most every one of those folks and great people, very insightful, very smart. And we've met with Jay in person, uh, I believe more than once. And, you know, that was awesome. Chat with him. We like right after he took the job, and then here he is killing it. And uh, congratulations, CEO of Coin Telegraph. That's beautiful. 
That's a, a rapid ascent. That is. That'll look good on LinkedIn for his next job. Right. Well, hopefully there won't have to be a next, <laughs> a next job. He can stay at Cointelegraph for a while and do some cool things. That's true. So I don't know if you're following Mr. Andrew Yang, who uh, it just seems to be a really nice guy. I don't know, you know, politically if I um, am on the same page with him, but if the Democrats would have put him up as a candidate, in my mind, he'd be a lot more appealing. Yeah, he probably probably could have won that bad boy. Yeah. So he's got a, uh, a token project that he likes that backs universal basic income which is really a big part of what his campaign was all about. And uh, it's called, um, is it is it the Good Dollar campaign that he's behind? Yes. It, it, well, he's behind that one. Well, the Good Dollar one, that was eToro. eToro. Yeah. Yeah. So he sees that as a, as a way to uh, support UBI, where, you know, everybody gets some money. You know, we think Badcoin is a good way to support UBI because anybody can mine it. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, the Badcoin community, Mr. Travis Wright, has really picked up. There's a lot of people in our Telegram now, and there's people that are you, you know, learning how to mine Badcoin with Raspberry Pis and oh, nice. setting up yeah, their yeah. own little mining farms. I think it's pretty mm-hmm. cool. No, it is cool, and that's one of the things about it. It's a really great blockchain. You get the, the way that it's set up, and uh, it could totally be used for UBI. Any country could literally get, take the code, modify it slightly for their own purposes, and then have their have their uh, citizens mine their crypto, and they could use that as its own ecosystem. I mean, it's its own blockchain that uh, it's pretty cool. I'm, uh, yeah, I'd love to see it take off, but the thing is, is that we can't actively promote it because of SEC rules and regulations and all that. So we're not out marketing in it and doing stuff. It has to go by by community growth community has to to do it and we cannot so if you guys want to join that telegram with the community we're not actually active there the community is t.me forward slash bad net um there are apparently things that the community is doing behind the scenes that we've got nothing to do with and we encourage you to to check that out yes now this next story you know we joe rogan is a prolific you know, well, for one, the comedian, I, I remember seeing him on that one show, Fear Factor, back in the day. He does all this stuff on on uh, UFC as well, MMA fighting. But his podcast is huge, and most people know about his podcast. Well, he had a guest on who is um, Adam Curry. Mm-hmm. And Adam Curry said to him, he says, look, he goes, he said about the, the, the importance of Bitcoin's a- asset, Amid an internet-based world which thrives on personal data sales, banking activities, and a centralized control, he said, the apocalypse is coming, and you're going to need a Bitcoin, at least one. And then Rogan said, are you a Bitcoin salesman, Adam? (laughs) He goes, at first I was very anti-Bitcoin until I sold a shitload of them at like $900, and then uh, he got them for nothing and sold them for 900 bucks, and then now they're worth $10,000, $12,000, but they're saying... When the apocalypse comes, it should be good to have at least one Bitcoin unless the apocalypse comes with an EMP and nobody has electricity. I feel like that should be like a screamo song. When the apocalypse comes. Ah. Ah. 
Adam Curry, you know, used to be a VJ on MTV after the initial round of VJs. He was like a second gen um, VJ along with downtown Judy Brown and, and others of that generation. And of course, he's also a podcasting pioneer. You know, he was doing podcasts at the very beginning. And uh, I just I love that Rogan and Curry are talking about crypto. More and more people in the mainstream are becoming aware of just how big cryptocurrency and blockchain are going to be in terms of impacting their lives. And the more personalities that are talking about it, you know, not crypto personalities, mainstream personalities, entertainers, uh, the more attention people are going to get. So by, by the time it does go mainstream, well, of course, duh, this everybody's been talking about it for years. Yeah. And then he, he, went, he went on to say this, is this, this is why Silicon Valley is competing with the U.S. Federal Reserve to be a bank. Everybody wants to be your bank, baby, because that's where they control you. That's also where you get loans at negative interest rates. So they, they also pay you to take the loan with which you can pay off your student loan. You wanted universal basic income. Here it comes. And by the way, it's going to work. But let me tell you, the apocalypse is coming and you're going to need the Bitcoin. At least one. The apocalypse is coming. Yeah, yeah. When the apocalypse comes, you might need a smart brain to govern China's new aerospace city. Blockchain firm Cybervane is partnering with the Chinese government to build a block. Cybervane? Is that the name of the band that sings that song? <laughs> yeah, Cybervane. Singing about the apocalypse and needing a Bitcoin. The blockchain-powered governance system for its aerospace smart city. This is, uh, this is, you know, China, uh, say whatever else you want to say about them. They are forward thinking. And this is going to be China's first aerospace, cultural, and tourism city, a hub of development for aerospace products and support services intended for use in Chinese spacecraft and satellite launch missions. 12 million square meter facility, Travis. You know, that's... I want to do more research into this because I know that I watched this documentary just the other day on China and how they build, like they're the largest, uh, it was a show called what on earth. And this show is on uh, discovery channel or sciences channel, one of them. And it, it basically, it takes all of these um, satellite images of places all around the world. And they're like, what is that? And then they go down and explore it. Well, there's this huge lake in China that is no longer a huge lake. And it's very small. It's like a it's like a river delta lake thing, and it's almost gone. And it this this lake like gives water to forty million people. And what they're what they're doing is China is the largest uh, consumer of concrete in the world. And so what they're doing is they're going into this delta and grabbing all the sand, all the things that can be used to turn into concrete, and they're killing this lake. And uh, and what they're doing is is they're building these cities, these ghost cities where basically nobody lives in them yet, but they're building them because that helps their GDP. It's like, oh, look at all these buildings that we built. That's amazing. And so they're building up all of these areas all around the country where, where they could literally hold 8 to 10, 20 million people, but nobody lives in them. They're completely empty. It's like, it's like looking at I Am Legend movie with Will Smith and you're going down these areas and there's nobody who lives in these cities, but like you know, all these huge apartment complexes completely done, all the roads, interstates, everything, but nobody is there. It is so weird. 
It's very bizarre. And you can go just uh, search at it, DuckDuckGo it, look up China ghost cities and, uh, you know, go to the library instead of YouTube and look for it. And you'll see all kinds of videos. You'll be like, what? It, 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 so that, it is. So that tells me this aerospace city, is it needed? Is, do people want it? Are they going to use it or is it going to be a ghost aerospace city? <laughs> I don't know. We're going to find out. Uh, our last story for this week, Mr. Travis Wright, is about Bitcoin dying Again, the uh, infamous Bitcoin obituary site has had another addition. They've been tracking the articles for every time a journalist has declared Bitcoin dead. They've been tracking it since December 15, 2010, when the first article. And now there are 382 deaths to date, and it was declared dead again on September 4th, just, uh, just a week or so ago. So sad. I'm so sad to hear that Bitcoin's dead again. I got how many times? How many times can it die? I want to see who's the is it a zombie. Okay, here's September 4th, 2020. This is on 99bitcoins.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the person who said it uh, is James Royal. In contrast, Bitcoin or other digital currencies are very likely worthless in the long term, and those are the kind of assets that investing legend Warren Buffett won't touch. It's these latter kinds of assets that have a greater chance to be in the bubble territory because they don't generate cash flow to support their valuations. So he, and this guy is a veteran stock analyst. Bitcoin is worthless long term is what he says. Yeah. So, James Royal, instead of telling everybody how worthless Bitcoin was going to be, you probably should have shut your face and bought some, and then look at how happy you'd be now, you miserable troll. Because he'll never be Royal, (laughs) except his name is James. Yeah. So that that was the most recent death. The oldest death from 10 years ago is why Bitcoin can't be a currency. And uh, negative feedbacks loops like this are basically homeostasis. In nature, positive feedback loops exist like Bitcoin are lethal. The only thing that's even kept Bitcoin alive thus far is its novelty. Either it will remain a novelty forever or it will transition from novelty status to dead faster than you can blink. <laughs> By the way, I added Royals to the playlist, but not the Lord version. While I she, you know, she originated the song uh, Walk Off the Earth, did a much better version of Royals. And I've added There's even a better version of that. What's that? There's this there's this clown who does it, who's got this amazing, he's got this amazing deep voice. He's, he's like this sad looking clown guy who's painted all white, wearing yeah. white. Yeah, that's uh, Puddles, Pity Party. Puddles, yeah, the yeah. Puddles version. Puddles is awesome. Royals is great. Puddles did that with um, the postmodern jukebox. Um, mm, okay. Is the, they're, what a great band. I've actually seen them live twice, one in Vegas and once here in Denver. If you want to go to a fun show, these guys take uh, modern day hits and they turn them into swing era type of stuff. Love that. Right, big band. Oh, yeah. And they're so good. That's great. You ever, you ever heard the guy Richard Head? No. <laughs> Which is a hilarious name. Uh, Richard Head, he does all these lounge songs. And so it's like... Uh, yeah, you know, all, all new songs done lounge style. Lo- yeah, new songs done lounge style. Richard Head is hilarious. You can go to the head of the class. 
And yeah. you can also go to the head of the class if you have been one of our listeners to check out MobyPay at MobyPay.io. Um, we need to get with Brandon and find out exactly when they're rolling out the new mobile wallet. But very about- soon, I have a chat with him on WhatsApp. They are there. He he is back to back to back with meetings, and um, they're doing some. They're doing some really good. They're getting close, real close. What what can based on those conversations? What can you tell us? Because they, well, I can fun. tell you that the 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 new UI and UX on this thing looks spectacular. Uh, I've seen uh, he walked me through the presentation, and uh, they're getting they're getting a lot closer. Also, he's working with um, uh, Jeff Kredakis and over there at uh, Cryptocurrency Investing Group or whatever. Uh, he, he's got Trust Swap's doing an IEO. They do IEOs over there, so. Uh, Moby Pay was approved for that as well, so they're gonna they're in for like 1.2 million or something, and so they 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 basically closed their their funding round, and uh, they're ready to start rock and rolling. Brandon Bergeson, Moby Pay, I E I E O, very nice. MobyPay.io, nice. sponsor of the show. Go check them out. We are hoping to see big things from them. And again, we hope to see you guys at the Nifty Shopping Network debut Friday, five o'clock at nifty.show forward slash YouTube or preferably nifty.show forward slash theta. Check out some original artwork. Come with your wax stacked in your wallet because mm. these pieces are going to go fast. Wait till you see the artwork that has been created by these incredibly talented artists specifically for the sale. And once they're gone, they're gone. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Anything else, Miss Travis Wright? No, I really gotta go to the bathroom. I've drank way too much tea so far today. So if we can go ahead and this podcast show right now, it'd be really great. Hey, The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto, LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoins and and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.